everyone. This is your host, Dr. Tommy Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Sabrina Runbeck. After overcoming burnout working in cardiothoracic surgery, she maintains a clinical practice while giving established healthcare entrepreneurs time makeovers. By integrating her background in medicine, neuroscience, and positive intelligence, she created a simple system that allows her clients to gain a day per week, stop having endless to-do lists, or need to put out fires every day. They are now creating sustainable business with consistent revenue without constant staff. She hosts the Provider's Edge podcast and is a twice international best-selling author featured on Fox, CBS, and ABC. With no further ado, I'll let to introduce our guest. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Toby. And Thanks for having me, everyone. I know you guys can be doing anything and you choose to be here listening to us. So uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. Um, You know, when I read your bio, it got my attention. I was like, oh, I don't want to learn more about this girl. Especially the point where you said saving someone, having your clients gain a day per week. Can you share more about that? Yeah. So when um, people uh, typically work with me, they are healthcare entrepreneurs, uh, executives, because we all have this inner drive, inner passion to create this bigger social change. Um, and then if you think about it, that's why uh, we got into healthcare in the first place. Just to say the typical, I want to help people, yeah. that is so vague, right? But yeah. because uh, deeper down, um, what one of the exercises I work with my clients really in the beginning is to find out their inner core conflicts. And then through that, they actually redefine and realign what's their really this big goal of life mission that matches their lifestyle, that matches their career goal, that la- matches their financial intelligence, that matches what their family and social support can be like. And uh, through this journey, and people then figure out, why do they even want that, right? We all know uh, we can have goals, we can have dreams, we can have visions. But if we don't get down to deep foundation of why, it's hard for us to keep moving forward because there's so many distractions. And uh, we say this one big phenomenon, why people are being pulled all over the place, stretched thin, and um, not able just to keep moving steadily forward, right? And people uh, question, why do I not have enough grit, right? Why do I not have enough of concentration and and not procrastinate? Because we say there's a thing called decision fatigue, uh, a phenomenon when there's so many things that we want to do, right? Internally dry- driven, and there's so many external things people want us to do because they see us as a re- useful resource as an authority, as a, someone who has to make decisions for others. And some of that is we created that social uh, ecosystem ourselves, and then we have to change it to decrease the decision fatigue. Um, so not only do we need to n- understand our internal drive, and that I call it the seven layers of why, and to the point where people's like, oh, Sabrina, I don't even know what to say anymore. But I'm like, th- at that moment, that's when you get down to the core. That's actually, it's peeling away when you think it is, but truly to a condition that you're connected. And then we can think about what are the things that distracting you from making those right direction, putting you on the right path, instead of feeling like we have to do all these different paths 
different things just to try, right? Trial error, especially in healthcare, we are so focused on clinical trials. Do we have this study, that study? How many patients you done with this, right? Like how many caseload you have just to prove who you are, what just prove a method is working. Uh, and so we're removing some of that as a burden and then get down to the core, uh, which one exercise was most of my uh, healthcare entrepreneurs can get them back at least 10 hours per week. And then and that's really average what people spit, right? Yeah. A day of work per uh, week. Wow, you really said a lot of great information. Let's just peel it back for a minute. You know, that just that comment about, you know, why do people get into healthcare, for example? We're both physicians to help people. Like that is so cliche, but so true. That was why I did, right? And I'm sure you did, but like you said, it's not specific enough. Um, do you think because of that lack of clarity in what that really entails, that contributes to why physicians and other healthcare providers, other professionals too, are more prone to getting lost? Right. It's that lack of clarity or people have pivoted. Mm. Their aim has shifting as we're growing and we start perhaps having new things that we want in life, have a new direction that we can imagine how big our practice should be. Um, how many patients I can actually serve instead of uh, seeing that 20, 30 patient low, right? Just to keep the door open and having this uh, false belief, really thinking, oh, if I don't do this, then I can't get X, right? Um, this limitation that somehow we cast it on ourselves or perhaps you got a new house and you do somewhere uh, and then you want that additional change. Right, these quality of life that you start wanting more. And therefore, the other pillars of life are changing. And that's just normal. And uh, because the other pillar has to catch up with this one shift, if you don't understand how to catch up with that one shift, then you still feel like it's a drag, right? It's not balanced out. Yeah. I always say there's no such thing as work-life balance, right? You can't possibly put everything on the balance being thinking, the equal amount of time I worked equal this much money. I equal this quality of life. It, it just doesn't work that way. No, it's and therefore, well, right? Yeah, it, it, we we all tried, right? Like yeah. somehow in our head, that's just the typical equation. But we all tried that. It doesn't work. Uh, so what I call it uh, is life work integration. It's about having this uh, quality of harmony. And there are ten different major subspecialty uh well i say a subspecialty but it's really 10 pillars of life yeah. right um how are you paying quality tension quality effort into each pillar that can give you the harmony that we can create um and not to feel like oh i'm not getting enough of xyz but actually what can you do to up level in that area mm, okay you mentioned a lot. Um, pillars. Okay. I'm curious to hear what these pillars are that you uh, mentioned. If you don't mind sharing with our listeners. Yeah. So uh, number one is life mission. Right? What's your sole purpose? What's What brought you to this earth? What's uh, What are the things that put you to do what you need to do? Right? How Perhaps it is a big goal. Some people that I work with, they have pivoted out into med tech, 
right? So because they've found this one problem when they're dealing with their patients, then they create a solution. Okay, so perhaps that's your purpose in life is be able to be a problem solver and actually become the solution to a problem, right? So and then this solution you believe is gonna be the biggest changer, and therefore then you're gonna work hard for that. And then because this life mission was the next pillar is career development, right? So might not necessarily be clinical work anymore, right? It has clinical effect, but. Now you're pivoting into that startup, that creative mode of yours. Okay, so it's okay to have different changes in career development, but it's still matching your life mission. Now, what else? Financial intelligence is what you're doing. Both、um, keep this example: clinical and startup world going to create the enough financial stability to keep. Your clinic store open, or keep your startup enough funding, or you have the intelligence to leverage other people,、uh, angel funds, VCs,、uh, crowdfunding, whatever way, right?、Uh, Finding friend to help you contribute to this big mission, and then so that's three. Then four is your social support. Right? We know in life, humans are social beings. Uh, we like to be supported and then、uh, collaborate and、uh, talk to other friends and then have fun. So how are you being supported and then attracting the right people in your circle so you can uplevel and influence everyone together? There's one thing I always love to say: you don't have a circle of friends if that circle doesn't inspire you. Then it becomes a mental cage. That is powerful. Like that is so powerful. You don't have a circle of friends if your friends don't inspire you. So the question is, then what does that person have? Exactly. And then if that person, that circle around you, right? So there is an Asian very very old story. So this monkey jump out of the rock and become this、um, a such intelligent spirit where he can pull a hair and then become anything that he wants, right? And then to control his、uh, bad behavior. This monk put a a ring on his head, and every time he says a prayer, it come strike him and then keep him in place. So, if we are having a circle of friends, are they the one that keep us constrict us into certain behavior, or they're the ones that actually help us to expand and to allow things into our life that we are all growing together?、Mm, that is very very powerful. That hit. That's definitely. Hit home, Mike. I totally get that, and you know, I'm sure you've heard the expression:、um, "Those five people you spend the most time with reflect you. That you basically become them." So again, that circle of influence is very, very important. Yeah, exactly, and that's one thing I think、uh, most people miss out on. So one of the、uh, social psychologists actually studied: we can only keep about 150 relationship at that time, and so then we say that's a prime. One fifty. Now, Jim Rose said the statement that you just said about the、uh, where the five people that were most connected, right? Because we trust them. We do everything、uh, around about.、Uh, we check in with them, right? People like to validate themselves.、Um, they they like to be、uh, heard, a、uh, be seen. So these five people are really important. Then we say the next fifty people, right? Those next fifty people are your close. Uh, network of connections, and those people should be able to. If you need a、uh, call, them they'll pick up. They'll、uh, see what you are up to. If you refer them to someone else to collaborate to talk to, they'll be happy to do right. 
and then you expand the additional hundred, make up that hundred fifty. That's the people that might come in and out of your circle, and but they can still be a really great resource if you keep in touch with them, right, on a monthly, quarterly basis. And uh, yes, some people fell out, but like you continue to meet new people. And in healthcare or any other powerful business, we all care about high-level network. And therefore, how we build relationship—that's how we are growing by referrals. That's the trust that, instead of running ads and whatnot, you're immediately gaining the trust from someone who asks you to come. Right? Doesn't matter if it's a new intervention, a digital health platform, or just because you are、uh, a cardiologist, a primary care refer you. A patient to you, that patient already have the trust with them primary care. Therefore, they don't have to look anywhere else. So that social support is a huge thing on building not only your own A list players to be in your circle or your friends and your colleagues and really for your business、um, and for your team as well. Love it. All right, let's get to the rest of those ten. What are the other ones? Yeah. So then you have for ourselves、uh, the. Uh, physical health, right? We know there are only two to three hours of peak performance hours in a day by study. So how are you leveraging that? Do you even know that, right? It's not just about eating right, uh, uh, exercise, but knowing where your energy shift. So when you do do the core of your work, you're doing on the time that you're most alert and then produce the highest ROI. Now going with that is our mental fitness, right? Both. Uh, Doctor Tomi and myself did training on positive intelligence. We know there are those ten sabotaging tendencies that stopping us from going to the next level. And if we understand what they are, call them out quickly. Now we can train our brain to shut them down and move forward into the better stage of life.、Um, so that's five. So just quickly repeat: less mission, career development, financial intelligence, social support, physical health. Mental well-being. Then we have lifestyle, right?、Um, how are we creating the type of life, the quality of life that we want? Right, the type of、uh, area you want to live in, cars you want to drive, people.、Uh, how you spend the time with、uh, on the weekend for your hobbies. And surprisingly, when people tell me that, oh, what do you mean hobbies? I work is my hobby. Then there's something is missing really from your life. If your work is truly your hobby, and then the last three is spirituality, love relationship, and personal character. Means how are we growing as an individual,、uh, as a leader, a partner,、uh, to continue to、uh, build、uh, what we want as such who we are as a core. Yes, that's awesome. I'm gonna have you、uh, just recap them in a minute, but really, what got my attention was this two to three hours of peak productivity, right? Like, can you explain that and why it's important for our listeners and even ourselves to really understand that and leverage that time? Because I feel so many people go around walking, like, running circles, and I'm being guilty of it. You know, doing busy work, but not necessarily being as productive or efficient as I want. Do you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So, by neuroscience study, we have two to three hours peak performance, and it also matches in most of you guys probably have heard the twenty eighty rule, right? We should be spending twenty percent of the time on eighty percent of the work that will produce your highest amount of activity. So, if you break down 
the 24 hours in a day by three buckets. You sleep for eight hours, and then rest is 16. So if you think about that, 16 of the 16, 20% of that is three hours. So it also matches on what are the time that's left in how you need it to concentrate. So if there's a three hours of most effective time, that means you have to spend the time to do the things no one else can do. And perhaps it's evaluating what your practice looks like, what that device that you created, what else needed to go into it. Do you need to do more design work? Means having a better clear vision where that's going and figure out the gaps, right? And then, um, so some things you have to do yourself. And then there's a difference between delegating and deciding, right? Most people get those confused and they think delegating and deciding is the same thing. They always tell me, Sabrina, I'm really good at delegating. I'm like, okay, give me a, an example. What does that mean? Where you don't have to take your core time to teach people. If you have to tell that person what to do every step of the way to get that one result, you're now delegating. You're deciding for that person. The problem on the flip side is you feel like, right, from our positive intelligence, that's the controlling tendency. And so you're going to feel like, hmm, I already showed them exactly what to do. They should not be confused and they should be able to get to that result I wanted because I done all this work to teach them. But if we didn't check back in to say how clearly they understood the information, those people who haven't had the confidence gonna keep coming back to you, asking you if they're doing it right. And that's what creating more decision fatigue for you. Delegating is creating a bigger picture of what that result you want very clearly for them to even say it back to you and they understand the result. And that person with the right talent in the right position will figure out the process of getting to that result themselves. And that's delegating. So doing that three hours a time, you should not do any deciding work or delegating work. The only work you uh, are focusing on is the designing work or the things you have to do yourself, right? And perhaps for those who are in clinical practice, you have to be engaging with your patient coming up that treatment plan. Those who are innovators, perhaps is uh, seeing what direction, who do you need to really talk to, to help them understand these possible solutions to the problem that you're solving, right? And think about those. And then how do you know when these three hours happens in a day, right? Those are what most people question about. That's based on your circadian rhythm. So for anybody who have heard about the sleep uh, doctor, we have four different types of chronotype in a day. That means some people, what you used to know as early birds, they are the lions, right? They got up three, four in the morning, every, and they uh, get going like uh, six, seven, eight, nine. They finish everything already, right? And then um, their energy dips early afternoon and they need to go to bed soon. So their prime time is that early morning, they feel like everything's quiet, there uh, no distraction, and they're really good at, at doing what they need to do. Now, majority of the population are what's called bears, they're midday person, right? The, the typical ones that get up about eight o'clock and then their peak performance time is in that uh, mid to late morning. And then the energy start turning out into the afternoon, right? At five o'clock, four or five o'clock. And then they go to bed probably 10, 11. Now you have the late people, the wolves, 
The wolves probably get up middle of the day. You've seen those people, right? And you're like, why are you still sleeping? Well, the rest of us are doing. <laughs> um, and then those people, because they will step, uh, stay up all night. Their peak performance time is actually that evening time. They feel like, well, since most other people are not working, that's their most concentrated time because that's where their energy happens. But they don't go to bed until two o'clock in the morning and they still function really well, right? Then the last type is called dolphin. They don't have any regimen whatsoever. They take naps here and there and uh, they never feel like uh, they have a right time. They can be really early risers, but they can also sleep in. There's not uh, so much regulation in their life to figure out what's uh, that peak time because they reboot themselves and there's not so much of a set timing for them. So based on where your energy flows, you can even do this yourself by keep a track, right? uh, having every hour, every two hour, what do you do and how do you feel at this time to create that trend for yourself to figure uh, things out. You know, that's a really great topic. And to be honest, that's almost like another topic for a podcast. I think there's a part two coming. I, I'm really, I'm like enjoying everything I'm hearing. It's nice to be actually um, interviewing a fellow podcaster. It's a different feel. So if we could just recap those 10 points, because I know some of our listeners like to take notes. What are those 10 like life pillars for that one to look at and consider? Yeah, great. So number one is your life mission, your career development your financial intelligence, spirituality, personal character, social support, love and relationships, physical health, mental well-being, and quality of life. I love it. And that takes like a very holistic approach, which is kind of what my business is called, holistic wellness strategies, right? It's this whole person. And I, I think for those of those who are listening, who are thinking that like they're exhausted, they're burnt out, they're frustrated. I think oftentimes we focus in like one of those one or two of those pillars and forget a lot of the other ones and just to take that time to reflect and to see how you are doing evaluate you know dissect the problems and see what the underlining causes are i believe that would help significantly yeah yeah I, you're you're so right and if we don't know where we're headed to it's very difficult to create the right path for ourselves then we end up feeling like, oh, this project is great. Oh, this thing is great. Oh, maybe I'll start writing a book. Uh, maybe I'll start doing this on the side. And it's not really aligning this all this doing part, right? I'm saying like this becomes just new things that keep us excited, keep us going. But would that equal to whatever outcome you wanted? And especially if you're not really clear with the aim, with your outcome, it's easy for us to get distracted. So one big thing when we creating time freedom, time makeover, we call it a freedom compass, a guiding system, and which has 10 pillars, the desire zone, the distraction zone, the disencouragement zone, and then the disinterest zone. And what that means, so again, 80-20 rule, we reshift in all the activity that you need to do into your desire zone. And that spend more than 80% of the time. The rest 20% should only be in the distraction, disinterest, and discouragement zone. Uh, surprisingly, most people that I have worked with, they are spending a lot of time in all the zones they shouldn't be in inside of just desire zone. And then our false belief becomes, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough good people to help me. I don't have enough resources, right? But if we keep thinking about I don't have enough, 
then you really don't have enough. Instead of going into the solution part of the equation, how do I have enough uh, and sh start shifting things? So that's what we call a freedom compass and then do exercise to do uh, to get to that place and then have the system to really help you laser focused so you can leverage not only your two to three hours of peak performance hour, but on the rest of the day, also not getting distracted or getting pulled into multiple direction and don't know how to get yourself back on track. Love it. This is um, such a may You are wealth of information and um, I really appreciate it. For our listeners, how can they get a hold of you? I am very active on LinkedIn. If just search my name, Sabrina Rumbach. Uh, I always love to have a quick chat. So for those who has established business in healthcare, and you're at a point of you love what you do and you have a good growth, but you feel like I'm kind of stretched thin where I'm plateaued on my capability and my capacity at this point. I know I can do more. Now I'm happy to have a chat with you to see if anything that I'm doing can support you to get to the next level and uh, uh, or find out the right resource. Uh, I'm a huge connector and constantly going to different high level networking events to learn about each other. Because I truly believe with the African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I love the part of how we can collaborate to accelerate together. So happy to have a conversation with you. Go to sabrinarunback.com forward slash connect. Um, you can uh, find a time to chat with me. Thank you so much, Dr. Rumbach. Um, to our listeners, thanks again for sharing this time with us. Until um, next time, this is Dr. Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Bye.